You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 319 with Jennifer Rurka. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Jennifer on the show today. I wanted to air this episode this week because it's leading into Christmas, and this is not a Christmas episode, but I think that this is important because I think so many of us want to be excited and happy around Christmas. And a lot of times people feel overwhelmed. They feel sad. Sometimes they can't even figure out why they're sad. They may feel disappointed. Maybe they had expectations about how things were going to go and they're not going to happen this year. Maybe you find yourself in a time of mourning and grieving. Maybe you've lost someone in this past year and this is the first Christmas without that person. And so I thought this would be a perfect episode because Jennifer shares with us her journey and her story, which is quite interesting. And just allowing ourselves to feel the feelings and what that looks like. And she talks about how she had to figure out how to exhaust that feeling versus just shoving it down and pretending it's not there. And she gives us some steps on what we can do to kind of process that feeling and so that it doesn't just take over. And so I wanted to have this episode come out this week, because if you're feeling that struggle, you're feeling sad and you feel like everybody around you is happy, but you, I hope that you can take this episode and use what she says and apply it so that you know that it's okay that you're feeling the way that you're feeling and that feeling won't last forever. So I hope this gives you the encouragement that you need. And if you know somebody who is in this situation right now, struggling, please send this episode to them. Uh, I think it would be really helpful. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Amber. I'm really excited to be here. So Jennifer, I like to do icebreakers to start out the show. And I love leaving my listeners more inspired than when they started listening. So my question that I like to ask is, what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? That I'm loved that I'm safe. And mm. I think that's because I never felt safe growing up. Yeah. Um, and I don't really think that I even intellectualized that till later, you know, because that was my normal. Yes. So yeah. I wasn't realizing at the time that I didn't feel safe until later on. So I would go back and I would tell myself that you are 100% loved and you're safe. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think there's so many different levels of safe, you know, mm. you could feel, are you safe physically, right? Like mm. in your surroundings are, are you safe emotionally? Um, you know, there's more, uh, uh, ways probably to feel not safe. And like you were saying, you didn't realize that. And it, you may not even realize it till you're an adult looking back that you're kind of like, Oh yeah, I don't think I really felt safe and secure. And this is why I then did the things that I needed to do to protect myself. Um, in this situation, because this is really going to go into our whole conversation. So I'm going to stay here for a little bit longer than normally I would. Um, what made you realize that you didn't feel safe? Like, what did it take? Well, I think because as I grew into an adult, I had an epiphany in 2005 or what some people might call an awakening. Yeah. I came out of that awakening, a lot of parts started to fall into place that I wasn't aware of before that. 
And that's when I really became um, aware of how insecure I really was, how scared I was of the world. If somebody asked me what I wanted to do with my life or what I thought of political views, I would literally have a a complete meltdown inside. Like I'd want to just collapse and die. And I was always um, terrified of what people were going to ask me. I mean, no matter where I went or what I did, it was, uh, Mm. and and it was funny because people would say, well, that's the exact opposite of how I viewed you when I met you, I guess, because of how I I held myself, but that's how I felt inside. So it wasn't until, yeah, I think after that awakening, Mm. because prior to that, I was masking myself, it was my familiar as a kid. But then as I got into my twenties from about, um, 21 to 27, I was bartending and I was, I was basically in a drunk blackout until for those years. And then when I, when I had that epiphany or Mm -hmm. awakening, I believe I died on my couch that day and came back. That's when everything really started to show itself. And I, I, sorry, go ahead. Why why I was drinking and why I was hurting myself. Oh yeah. Do you feel like, oh, do you, so when you feel like you say you died, do you feel like (laughs) You don't really feel like you died, right? Like you're saying like, I, or do you feel like you died? I do because um, when I, there was the one morning I got up and Amber, it was crazy because that last year of drinking that I was in, it was literally like a blackout from morning till night. I was never like that prior to that mm, year, but last okay. year was so bad. Yeah. So I remember sitting on my couch that morning and I barely made it to camp my couch. I was shaking so bad. Wow. But anyways, there was a moment where all of a sudden I went to reach for my phone to call my dad because the pain was so overwhelming in my chest. And then it felt like I had 300 pounds sitting on my chest Mm -hmm. and I couldn't move. And then I heard a voice that seemed not my own say, you're having a heart attack. Yeah. And you're going to die. Wow. And then everything went white. And that's when I went... uh, into this awakening or epiphany. I see. And then, mm-hmm. and then you woke up back on your couch. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting though, is I don't recall even the, the first, uh, minutes or hours. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. I don't recall that day. Wow. I just remember the, the coming days after that and how things started to shift. But in that first 24 hours, maybe even 48 Amber, I can't be quite sure. Sure. I don't recall coming out of it. I just know that my life dramatically changed. That's so fascinating. <laughs> dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask you, so like with feeling safe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's other people that feel this, that they don't feel safe and they may not even, if you, someone looked at them, they may even think that's just weird. Like you have a great life and you live in a safe neighborhood and, but what, for whatever reason, right? Maybe things from their childhood, they carry it kind of like what you were saying, you were presenting to the world, a different version of what you were actually feeling. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious if people have that struggle that they don't feel safe or, or they really long to feel safe. And mm-hmm. so they don't make certain decisions because they're afraid it's going to make them unsafe, or maybe they're not going to feel as secure. Mm-hmm. Have you figured out like how to do that, even in times that were very, you know, maybe unstable, you were trying to figure out what's happening. You know, you come up from, you know, waking up from this, you know, awakening that you're saying, um, 
what suggestion do you have for people who are kind of like, I just don't know, you know, if I'm going to be safe in the situation or I'm afraid to take these steps and, you know, it's like they want everything kind of mapped out um, and be in plastic wrap, right? Like the bubble wrap. Um, Any thoughts on that? Like how you got past it? Because I would imagine you still run into struggles, but the word that you said is that you're loved and safe. And so I just wanted to hone in on the safe part. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, it took me about 15 years after that awakening. Okay. Well, I loved honesty. <laughs> yeah. So I was in this sort of bliss state for about a year mm. and then it collapsed and I'm not okay. too sure why. And then I went through what was like a dark night of the soul for quite some time and traveled the world in between mm. then. Um, but anyways, to find different people that I was attracted to, to, to help me really grow and evolve, um, past, um, a lot of my suffering mind. And what I found about 15 years later, after, um, my dog, Abby passed away was that, um, this is when the sit method part two was born, which is in my book, soul center. So when she passed away, I was having panic attacks. I mean, daily for 10 months, Amber. And when I was having panic attacks. Like, I mean, when you have a panic attack, you actually think you're going to die. Like some people, you know, come into work and say, I'm having a panic attack. It's a really bad day. And I say, well, if you're having a panic attack, you'd be driving yourself to the hospital. That's what a panic attack is. You can't breathe. It's tunnel vision. You feel like every part of your body is going to collapse. And so that was happening for about 10 months. And then when the sit method was born, it was one morning I was sitting up exhausted again because I couldn't sleep because it felt like I was literally being electrocuted throughout the day and throughout the night with these attacks. And I remember getting up and I was so exhausted. And I said to myself, I'm so exhausted. I cannot handle this for one more second. And I grabbed my pad and pen and I just started writing. Like, I'm so angry. I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired of being tired. I'm so tired of being controlled by these panic attacks. And then it just struck me. Okay. Well, what does that sound like? Mm. And I was like, what does that sound like? So I started having this conversation with myself. That's interesting. And I was like, okay, well, what does that sound like? And I made this, I forced out kind of a baby whine. Mm. And it was right when I did that, it was like, I popped the lid And all of a sudden I began crying so uncontrollably that I Mm. couldn't stop crying. Yeah. And I allowed the feeling to fully, completely, 100% move through me in that moment. And I didn't know what was happening. I just allowed the feeling to move through me. And it could have been 20, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm not too sure how long, but I was sitting in my living room starting to cry And as I let the feeling fully move through me, I, what I believe, what I just consider collapsing time, like all time happened simultaneously. I was all of a sudden in the crib and I was Mm. between the ages of one and three because I remember I was standing up. I was Mm. literally in this, in this vision. I was completely there. And I remember I was a baby and I was screaming like, where is everybody? Like, pick me up. I'm too disgusting to be picked up. Nobody loves me. I'm so cold. My skin wow. hurts all for going through my head. And it just felt like forever. And anyways, by the time, and I, so I didn't go, oh, I better write that down. Oh, this is interesting. Or I just kept going. I was just in it fully immersed, no conditions, no judgments. I just let myself drop into it. 
And by the time the feeling had exhausted me, had fully moved through me, this is what I call a sit, see it through. By the time that feeling had fully exhausted me, I realized when I opened my eyes, I knew it had exhausted me because I was laying there on my side, gently rocking myself in the fetal position, completely at peace. Mm. And so when you're asking me like, how how do I get through that? Yeah, how Mm -hmm. do I get safe? I do it by always allowing myself to feel the feeling 100% through, to let the feeling exhaust me because the only thing that ever has made me feel terrified, has made me feel panic, has made me feel anxiety, has made me feel shame or guilt is the fact that I'm trying not to feel it. Yes. And so the the resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The second I allow myself and I'm not just going to let myself go, okay, I'm going to feel that for a second. Okay. Now I'm going to check my phone. What time is it? Oh, I better write these notes down because those are conditions and judgments that we place on the emotion. So we're not unconditionally allowing the emotion to fully move through us and exhaust us. So phone has to be off. Nobody can be around. You have to fully allow yourself to drop into that. And then once you do that, the charge, the negative charge that's surrounding that storyline or that feeling is now inactive. You deactivate the charge. So now you're no longer being zapped by the guilt, by the shame, by the panic attack, by the lack of sleep, the frustration and things like that. Yeah, I can totally understand that. And I feel like a lot of people do resist that because I think they think they'll never stop crying. I think they'll, they feel like they're never going to stop feeling that feeling. And when you were saying that about allowing yourself to really feel that feeling, exhaust that feeling, I think Mm -hmm. that's where people freak out. Like they're kind of like, no, if I let myself do it, it keeps going, but by resisting it, it makes it worse, right? Mm-hmm. So like uh, telling yourself, don't keep resisting it because that's what you're saying, that you're then feeling all these other things because you keep trying to not feel the feelings or push them away. Um, because I focused so much on this uh, question, I realized I hadn't even asked you to introduce yourself because I'm like, oh, we're going right into this. And I'm like, yeah, she hasn't even shared her name and where she lives. So, you know, I'm doing really good as my interviewing skills right here. Okay. So Jennifer, share with us your full name and where you live. And then we'll we'll go back. We'll circle back. Yeah. And I love that Amber, because this is such a real life podcast. (laughs) Yes. I appreciate that about you. Um, So my name is Jennifer Rooka. I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I've just written a book called Soul Center. I'm also a yoga facilitator and a, what I call a perception facilitator. So I basically do distant healing work. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So I love everything that you're saying. And I think so many moms too deal with anxiety. I, you know, I, I don't think I realized how many uh, people, but especially moms are on certain kind of medicines, you know, for depression or anxiety Uh, because people generally don't go around talking about it. So you don't even know that people struggle, right? Like you're Mm kind of thinking everyone's good. And then until you get close enough to them to realize like, what are their struggles? And so I love that you talk about this and give us a different way to approach this. Um, I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, feeling overwhelmed, you know, and, and talking about the mental chatter, right? And I think as moms, 
we constantly have that running through our head because if it's not about us specifically, it's about how we're parenting and, and, you know, are we messing up our kids and, you know, you know, we don't want to repeat the past and we don't want to do this or we don't want to do that. And then just dealing with all of our stuff too, as a person and not even being a mother. And I was just curious, like, what is your thoughts when you hear people say that they're overwhelmed and the mental chatter is just going nonstop and they can't, but they're not having a panic attack. So it hasn't gotten to that point, Mm -hmm. but it's this thing that just is constantly going on in the background that really though impacts your quality of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's your thoughts? So I've found for me that the more like, so even just when something subtle comes up and if I go, Oh my gosh, I'm being, such an idiot in this situation, this person's judging me, whatever it is that I'm thinking, or let's say in a mom's case, like I'm, my parenting is terrible right now. I'm not being a great mom. I would stop in that second and take a few deep breaths in and out and say, I'm allowed to feel that feeling. It's safe for me to feel that feeling because in the moment that we're feeling heightened about anything, again, it's just like, um, you just mentioned a moment ago, it's the resistance to feel it. So as it brews up, the thought comes up, it creates that negative charge that's now that now we're resisting. So even just it's regardless of having to see that emotion through to exhaust it, it's literally shining a spotlight on it and saying it's it's safe for me to have that feeling and it's okay for me to have that thought. And just take a moment because the second that you say that, it sounds very simple. That the second that you say it and really spot it out, shining a light on it to allow it to happen, it automatically makes it less powerful over mm. you. Yeah, the charge isn't zapping you the way that it was initially, and so I would keep coming back to that until I had a moment where I had some time on my own, so that if little things like that began to mount into something big. I would always keep a pen and paper with me so I can write down the feelings that I'm having in that moment Mm, over the storyline. And I can come back to them when the kids are asleep. Sure. And, you know, uh, if, um, if there's a babysitter, if there's some way I can be by myself, even going to the car for a moment, whatever it is. Yep. So that I can allow myself to feel that feeling through. So that the little things that start to mount, again, just writing those notes down so that those feelings aren't hidden anymore. They're out on paper. And again, it just makes them less active. But if they're not, if they keep accumulating into something really big, then when I'm alone, I'm going to take the time to see to see them through, to allow those feelings to be exhausted through me at yeah. some point. And the like more that. that you do that, the less that chatter is going to be there. And, and even if the chatter comes up, you'll start to realize that the more that, uh, you allow yourself to feel those feelings through when the chatter does come up, it's different. It's not as powerful as it once was because you're taking the time to self care your way or self work your way through those feelings when you do have them. And I believe that's a big purpose of why we're here in these physical bodies. If if we weren't meant to be feeling our feelings, why would we be in chemical suits, chemicals being Mm. feelings? That's what the body is. So when we don't feel our feelings through, 
it makes us feel purposeless. And now I have to go out there and search for my purpose out there. And when I can't find it, I'm going to feel even more purposeless and I'm going to have more pent up emotions that I'm going to try to deflect from. And I'm going to eat like a maniac or I'm going to eat like a maniac or whatever it is. And I'm, you know, all these different deflections or shop or whatever it is to try to fill that void. So, um, you know, I believe that the purpose here is to literally feel our feelings and that Everything that's happening in our in our environment through people, places, and situations is there to purposely trigger slash inspire us, depending on how you're wanting to look at it, into those feelings. You know, we are vibrational beings. So what we're emotionally feeling and resisting to feel is being emitted through the electromagnetic field. It affects the quantum field. And we align with other vibrations like it to purposely trigger those feelings in us so that we can go, oh, that person's triggering this in me right now. I'm having that mental chatter mm. because this is my purpose in this moment is to see this feeling through. It's not what I think that I need to go do and I need to go to school and I need to get this degree and I need to be this kind of person. I need to be at this weight. No, in this moment right now, the head chatter uh, beneath it, I got to find that feeling first. What is the feeling attached to that chatter? This is my purpose to see that through. Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life, but your weight loss? Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind. Or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about going to a party or going on vacation or staying at other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30 minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is a-okay. These mini coaching sessions are my way to give back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at Living. Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I totally can see that. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you too, like, I would imagine, you know, it's easy to have so many emotions go back and forth, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. you could be thinking one thing and then you're thinking another thing and then you're going back and forth or maybe your brain's like circling between five. And, you know, what is what is your suggestion when your brain just keeps ping-ponging, right? Like it just... It, it can't like, and here's the other thing, right? You go back to 
then you start judging yourself probably for having those feelings, right? Like I know that there's been times when, especially during PMS, okay, PMS is real. Um, mm-hmm. When you're like, you're like, nobody likes me. Like that's, I, those kind of things come up for me during PMS. Okay. That's how I know I'm like, wow, my hormones can seriously go crazy. And yeah. you know, you can be like, and maybe you don't like anybody either too, right? Like you just get in this whole, like, I don't like anybody. Nobody likes me. And you're like, I suck at everything. And then you're like, ah, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, someone needs to get me out of this PMS. And so yeah. um, I call it actually, what do I call this? I call it PMS purgatory. It's kind of like you're stuck and you're just like, I just need my period to start because I yeah. can tell you once my period starts, I've talked about periods on many episodes, especially perimenopause. So people, if this is the first time listening, they're probably like, wow, she just jumped into talking about periods. Like, wow, <laughs> there's lots of episodes on it. So anyway, um, I, I say purgatory because you're kind of stuck. And then I realize I won't know that I'm going to be starting, but mm-hmm. then but I can feel a shift like in my emotions. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, why do I feel better. And then I realized, oh, I'm starting. So I say this because it's during that time frame for me. And I know perimenopause is different for many people, but because this is targeting that kind of age group, I feel like PMS can get a lot harder and people do deal with this. And so if they don't have this on a normal basis, I'm pointing this out to people because some people could be listening to this and be like, I don't really have that problem. Like this isn't really hard for me, but they may realize they do have it when their hormones are kind of off. And so, mm-hmm. and they do find themselves maybe feeling more down, sad, depressed, angry. And then they have all these judgments on it because maybe they're not used to that. And they're like, what is wrong with me? So even if you have it a lot, or even if you have it once a month because you're PMSing or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. what is your thoughts on helping people navigate that? Because I think what they want to do is just hope it goes away. Um, they're going to try not to scream at everybody and, you know, it just, and try to unfriend everyone because literally I've talked to enough people that that, those are the kind of things that are coming. They're like, I'm trying to not scream at everybody and I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to cut off all my friends, you know? And so what's your thoughts like on how to manage that ping pong? Well, and I've definitely been there, um, and still go there. It's funny. You brought this up because I just finished my cycle (laughs) <laughs> and on, on the, it was either the first or the second day, maybe the first day mm-hmm. it was. Um, and I didn't even realize I was, I was getting my period this time. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it's the days before, right. right? Yep. Usually that you'll start to feel yes. that. Nut- the so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And I, and I realized that the more honestly that I work through with seeing my emotions through the more, um, the less that happens. Just nice. Prior. So it did start to mount sort of like a zit ready to pop though yeah. on the face. Yeah. What I did that morning is I put my ear pods on because, um, that, that rush of energy, it literally does need to move. So I put my AirPods on, I put on some really good, like mid eighties music. Dance music. Oh, I'm yeah. 45. So, and like I full on dance, like I, I throw on flash dance, whatever it is yeah. what I want to dance to. And yep. I move the energy 100% because if you don't, it does just feel pent up. You do want to unfriend people. You do want to talk <laughs> nasty to people <laughs> yeah. because the energy is mounting so big. Yes. So I say move the energy. I love it. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things too that that I do instruct in the book with the sit method is that movement is a big part of it as well. Yeah. So when you're allowing the emotions to move through you, like when I was dancing just five days ago, six days ago mm-hmm. on that first day of my period, 
like tears were rolling down my face. Mm. And so when I move and dance, like I'm ecstatically moving. I'm not trying to follow a sequence of right. dance. Yes. I literally You're free just, dancing. Yeah. yeah free style. Mm-hmm. 100%. And tears will roll down my face mm. often when I dance. And I realize, nice. and that might not be for everybody, right. but there, it just happens to be when there's major bouts of energy that need to be released. And oh, I fully yeah. allow myself to embrace it. So I yep. say movement yes. is definitely yeah. one movement and en- embracing the feelings as they're coming out. Because again, that's a way to let the feelings move through you and be exhausted as well. And then once you're done, it's kind of like, oh, the tantrum's over. Yeah, right. And, and essentially, that's all we're really wanting to do is to have that tantrum as to as to have it fully be expressed, you know? And that's one of the things I think so many of us weren't taught to do when we were sure. kids yep. is that it was safe to have a tantrum, safe to feel our feelings. It was like, no, stop acting that way. Act this way. Take off that sad face, put on a happy face. Mm-hmm. So we learned how to be really good actors mm-hmm. as kids. Yep. And, and then we just kept doing that as we became adults, right? So now we're acting to be some people other than we're not, which disassociates us from our feelings. And then the older that we get, the more foreign our feelings feel to us, the scarier they feel when we do go into them. Like when you were saying earlier, well, some people wouldn't want to go into their feelings because taking them to that edge would be scary. Yeah. yeah, We've been taught to fear them. We've been taught it's bad. You're bad for acting that way. So true. This is is good. You're a good girl. Yeah. Now, you know. Yep. Yeah. yeah, which then backfires later in life as we see. And so um, I do love that. I do think I, I agree with the movement, like moving your body. And I've, I've done workouts where people are kind of like, don't be surprised if you start crying. And, and it would be a workout that you wouldn't think like you may start crying, but it kind of goes along with what you're saying. Like if you have that pent up energy and it's trying to get out and, and so you might start crying cause it's releasing. And so you have, you have no idea, like why, why would you even be crying? Um, so I'm glad that you brought that up cause I'm sure people have experienced that and, or maybe they will experience and wonder why, you know, and would have wondered why it was happening. Um, but by hearing this, they, they will know, Oh, I just need to let my energy out. So that was awesome. Well, um, yeah. And being a facilitator yeah. for 13 years, I've watched a lot of people in class. Oh yeah. A yoga. And they release a lot of emotions. Yes. And you just think about the whole and en- the whole body, the energetic system of the body. It's like layers and layers and layers, like an onion. Yep. And there's memory encoded and feeling in that memory mm. encoded. So when we when we go into deep stretching and yoga, or whether we're ecstatically dancing all over our house, you know, um, the energy will be released. And it's so important, even in a yoga class, to remember to honor the feelings that are coming out and don't hold them in because that will only add more resistance to those feelings to control you later. You'll feel more controlled by them at another time. So anytime emotion wants to come out in a yoga class, whether you're dancing, allow it to come out. And if people are around you, you know, it oftentimes what, not oftentimes, all the time, it always inspires people to feel safe where they're at, Mm. to also understand that they too can be vulnerable. And when we're vulnerable, that's power. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And that, that's something that I think, um, goes back to that whole safe that people 
believe that being vulnerable is not safe, but it's Mm -hmm. the opposite. But you really have to, I think, get to a certain point to believe that. Otherwise, I think you you revert back to no, no, no. That's that's not safe. That's weak, right? You're you're not thinking it's strong. So I love that you say that um, to just be Mm -hmm. able to show up that way. Were you going to say something? No, no, that was pretty much about it. Um, Just that, yeah, it's a beautiful thing to to be vulnerable, and the more that we can actually. I really honor that within ourselves, especially mm. when we're around other people, it becomes infectious. And yeah, then we're not trying true. to shove things down people's throat. Yeah. We're leading yeah. by example of yeah. my heart is wide open right now. It's breaking and I'm going to honor that. And it just takes down walls and people and it helps to open the world up to a different vibration, the world that you you happen to be in that moment. And maybe it's in a yoga class. Maybe it's in front of your kids and you're crying and you're weeping, you know, and it's the vulnerability that allows us to connect and merge with people rather than act a certain way, put up a wall that's false and then send that information out because that's armored information. So it's inauthentic and it doesn't align to authenticity. And the more authentic that we can be with ourselves truly the more that we help other people to do the same thing. Cause I'm sure a lot of people want that. I don't have kids, but I, mm-hmm. all my friends have kids and especially for your kids, you want your yeah. kids to feel like they have a safe place to express their feelings, express who they are and who they want to be. And, um, to give them an environment to do that. And means that it's really important that we too are authentic with how that. we feel. Yeah. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is that is very true. Um, okay, so Jennifer, we're at mm-hmm. the end of the show. Is there anything oh. else that you want to add or circle back to that we might have skipped over? Um, I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, kind of, I think we covered a lot. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> well, let's, yeah, let's jump into where can people find you and where can they find your book? So you can find my book virtually at Barnes and Noble, Chapters, Indigo. So not in the stores, but just online as well Mm -hmm. as Amazon. Um, You can find my website, jenniferrucka.com. I'm also on Instagram, jenruka. Um, I have to take that off private. I'm so funny with that. I'm not a social media person. (laughs) You have to take it off private. (laughs) Yes, you do. You're an author now. (laughs) But, But people can definitely contact me through my website. Okay. And um, find out a little bit more about what I do uh, yeah. as far as work goes too. That's awesome. And I will put that on the show notes because I know sometimes people can't write down things when they're hearing it. Um, so I will put that on the show notes. But Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so great talking with you. Thank you, Amber. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching. See you there.